Hey family, how are you? I uh, hope you guys are doing really well today. Um, this is Tyrone and this is the beginning of our podcast series. And uh, today I want to talk a little bit about how do you know Jesus? And do you know the identity of Jesus? And I think that that's a very important question uh, for us. Uh, especially in these times that uh, we are living in. And so this morning, um, I just want to start off with a passage of Scripture from uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 35 through 40. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty but you haven't believed in me even though you have seen me however those the father has given to me will come to me and I will never reject them for I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me not to do my own will And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him shall have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. You know, when you read the Word of God, it is so refreshing. It is so reassuring to let us know that God is still on the throne. That He is still in control. You know, Jesus did not work apart from God. Jesus did not work in a silo apart from the power of his Father. Jesus always worked in unison with his Father. He always worked in union. He was united in whatever he was doing because he knew the Father compelled him to do it you know when I when I think about that for me it gives me some assurance I don't know about you but it should it gives us assurance that we too are being welcomed into God's presence that we too are being united with him. But more importantly, that we are protected by him. You see, the purpose of Jesus, the purpose of Jesus was to do the will of his Father, God. And in doing God's will, 
Jesus never did it to satisfy his own desire, his own earthly or human desire. But rather, he did it because he loved God. And so when, when you and I as disciples of Jesus Christ, when we follow Jesus, I believe that God wants us to have the same purpose in mind. Not our purpose, but his purpose. Even in the Lord's Prayer, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, God, we, we say oftentimes, as it is in heaven, so it shall be on earth. Remember that phrase in our Lord's Prayer? And so Jesus really encapsulated and embodied that whole concept of living for God's purpose. And he wasn't set apart for his own glory or for his own human desires, but rather for his Father. Jesus in John chapter 8 verses 12 says, I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, Jesus said, you don't have to walk in darkness <laughs> because you will have the light that leads to life. You will have the light that leads to life. You know, the world that we are living in today, the world that you and I know and see, needs the light of Jesus Christ. The world today needs us, disciples, believers, followers of Christ, to not be filled with our own desires and our own selfishness, but rather to be to have an outward focus, to, to, to have this this idea and concept that we need to see others better than ourselves. Because I, I feel that Jesus really modeled that behavior for us. He says, I'm the light of the world, man. You know, and um, if you follow this light, <laughs> uh, you won't have to walk in darkness. And so you see, if we claim that we are of Jesus and we are of the way, then we are walking after Jesus, thus we are walking in the light. And if we're living in a world where there's so much darkness and it's so prevalent, then we are light bearers. We are the ones to bring light to this world, to bring hope to this world. What role are you playing in this world as you walk with Jesus and secondly are you walking with Jesus you know Jesus was speaking in the temple you remember that passage where Jesus was speaking about the money and the offerings right and it was he was talking about the temple where the offerings were put and and where the candles that were burning in the temple symbolized the pillar or 
the fire that led God's people of Israel through the wilderness. It is in that context that Jesus called himself the light of the world. And the pillar of fire is here represented as God's eternal presence, his eternal protection, and his eternal guidance. And so Jesus brings God's presence. He brings God's protection and God's guidance. Jesus is the light of the world and he is the light of your world. In John chapter 12, verse 46, Jesus says, I have come as a light to shine in the dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. John 12, 46. Think about the life of a soldier serving in the army, serving to protect his country. And as a soldier follows his commanders, right? So we, in turn, should follow Christ, who is our commander as well, the commander-in-chief. See, God desires and expects us to follow him. Are you following Christ today? Do you need to make a recommitment to God about where you've been? where you have fallen from. You see, it's, it's, it's never too late for us to come back and be in the presence of God. It's never too late to be under His care and His guidance and His protection. You know, God wants us to follow the laws of His kingdom. How are you doing in that area today? Are you seeking God? Or do you become frustrated in seeking God? Are you consumed with your personal failures? Perhaps you are not where you want to be in your relationships perhaps you've been hurt and as a result you have placed yourself in isolation and the darkness that is around you slowly creeps in 
and that space that you find yourself in has become so small that you don't see Christ and the love of God working Jesus said I tell you the truth I am the gate for the sheep all who come before me were thieves and robbers but the true sheep did not listen to them yes I am the gate those who come in through me will be saved you know we can always come back to Jesus Christ God is always calling people that are far from him and he wants to use us in order to bring those folks in to the kingdom of God he says I am the gate for the sheep. <laughs> you know, all sheep needs a shepherd. I love that song that says, he will leave the 99 and go in search for the one. And there's so many people who are wandering. And they're wandering alone. And their hearts are hurting, they're crying out like the prodigal son because they, they know of a home. See, God has created this, 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 this desire within every human being, within every man to want to know him and want to be able to get close to him and be able to want to live to please and honor him but because of life because of sin we are separated from God Isaiah 59 1 or 2 says that the arm of the Lord is not too short to save nor his ear too dull to hear but our iniquities have separated us from God and so Jesus is telling us today look yes I am the gate those who come in through me will be saved they will come and go freely and will find good pastor John chapter 10 verse 7 through 9 so in the sheepfold, the shepherds functioned as a gateway, okay, as an entrance. And the shepherd lets the sheep in and not only does he let them in, he also protects them as he guides them in. You see, brothers and sisters, listeners. Jesus is the gate to God's salvation for us. And for those who are far from the Lord. And today Jesus offers a way out. He offers access to safety, 
salvation and security. He offers access to safety, security, and salvation. Christ is our protector. You know, you would hear people say that there are many ways to get to God. And there are big theological debates surrounding this whole idea about how can one get to God and that there are so many roles and different avenues to get to God. But when we honestly sit down and look at the scriptures and we look at the life of Jesus, we see that no man can come to the Father except he comes through Jesus Christ, who is the mediator. Because Jesus goes to the Father on our behalf. And that's the role that Jesus plays amongst other roles because he is God incarnate, right? And he dwells among man, among flesh. So today, Jesus is offering access to safety, salvation. And security. Christ is our protector. So the question I have for us today is why should we seek any other way? Or why should we want to develop, build, or customize a different approach to God? Because oftentimes that is what many of us do. That's what many people do who are away from God. We customize and we build these ideologies and these approaches in our mind on how we can get to God. Jesus goes on to say that I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming he will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd and so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock the hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep I am the good shepherd, Jesus said. I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Jesus said, I lay down my life for the sheep. John 10, 11 through 15. You know, <laughs> I don't want to be called a hired hand. I don't want Jesus to view me as someone who is being paid to do the work of God. And is not concerned in the context for God's people and his purpose that he has called us to. You see, a hired hand tends the sheep 
for money, for something in exchange for their work or their worth. But the shepherd, get this, does it out of love. The shepherd owns the sheep and is committed to them. So Jesus is not merely doing a job, brothers and sisters. He is totally committed to loving his children and even laying down his very life for us. Where do you stand today before God? You know, I, I can't vouch for any other man or any other person. I can only vouch for myself, and so do you. And there have been times in my walk with the Lord Jesus that I have walked in a place of darkness. And while in that place of darkness, I learned something very valuable. I learned that Jesus never left me, even when I was going through some of my darkest periods, even when I chose to deliberately walk in disobedience. Because disobedience is darkness. Because remember Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 says, our disobedience, our iniquities, our sins separates. And when we're separate from the light, then you are in the darkness. And let me tell you, being in darkness, being apart from God, and knowing the good that you ought to do and don't do it, it breaks the heart of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. <laughs> and anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Jesus asks Martha, <clears throat> do you believe this, Martha? And so today I'm asking you, do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the resurrection of the life? Did you, do you believe that he died for you and was raised on the third day? And do you believe that if you give your life to him and repent and live for him and believe in him, do you believe that you would never, ever die? Jesus asks Martha, do you believe this, Martha? John chapter 11, 25 and 26. You see, friends, listeners, brothers and sisters, Jesus and only Jesus has the power over life and death as well as the power to forgive sins. Yes, he does. This is good news. <laughs> this is good news. The reason why Jesus has power to forgive sin is because 
He is the creator of life. And if he is the creator of life, then surely <laughs> he can restore life. Amen. And so whoever believes in Christ has a spiritual life that death cannot conquer or diminish in any way, shape, or form. And so when we realize His power and how wonderful His grace is towards us, then we can truly commit our lives to Christ. In John chapter 14, verses 6 and 7, I love this passage. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From no one, you do not know him and have seen him. From no one, you do know him and have seen him. John 14, 6 and 7. In closing, <clears throat> Jesus said he is the only way to God the Father. Many will argue that that argument is too narrow. <laughs> right? But in reality, it is wide enough for the whole world. And if the world chooses, listen to me carefully, if the world chooses to accept it, instead of worrying about how limited it may sound, okay, we should be saying thank you. <laughs> Thank you, God, for providing a sure way to get you out. If you trust me, you are trusting not only me, Jesus said, but also God who sent me. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. John 12, 44 and 45. Hey, friends, this brings me to the close of today's lesson and uh, I, I thank you for joining me today uh, feel free to pass on this uh, podcast to your friends and your family and co-workers do a listening party if you will <laughs> but in the midst of all what's going on right now the world may seem to be a dark place but I want you to know that God Yahweh, our great Father, Yeshua, His Son, Jesus Christ, is still on the throne. He's King of kings and Lords of lords, the conquering line of the tribe of Judah. He sees and He knows. And today, would you spend some time talking to Him, seeking His face, 
And then when you get up, just go ahead and be a blessing to someone. Share the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you today for joining. I hope to see you soon. Until next time. Bye-bye. Greetings, family. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, this is my second podcast, Walking in the Light series. Uh, please feel free to repost this podcast to your friends and family. Today's podcast is, I Want to Know Christ. And before I begin, I have a question for my listening audience. Here's a question. What is holding you back from knowing Christ? Hmm, that's a good question, isn't it? Could it be a past hurt? What about a disappointment in your life? Is it fear, lack of trust? Maybe it's a relationship that you invested so much in. And you thought this relationship would have bring you joy and peace and all the good things that a good relationship ought to bring. But instead, this relationship went south it left you bitter. And mentally and emotionally scarred. You see. We are not different. From the people that we read about. In the Bible. Sometimes when we read the Bible. We. Tend to think that. Well. I can't live like this person. I can't do these great exploits this person have done in their life. But I want to encourage you today in this podcast that we are not different from the folks in the Bible. We all share one commonality. And it is being a human being. We all have failures, hurts, and hang-ups. The Bible categorizes it as sin. And so the question I have for you again is, what is holding you back from knowing Christ? I want to share with you today about one of the individuals in the Bible that had a very checkered past. <laughs> Just like you and I. And uh, this individual met the Messiah. And through this encounter, this individual was able to give up his past and live a life of total commitment. To Christ. This individual's name is Paul. You are familiar with Paul the Apostle, I'm sure. Paul the Apostle wrote the majority of the New Testament, the Pauline epistles. Paul was a very interesting character. Paul was a Pharisee of all Pharisees. 
He was very well-educated. He was very well-rounded. He was very versed in the law. And he was a leader among the Pharisees. And at that time, Christianity appeared on the scene after, you know, Jesus died. And Paul was one of the individuals that was breathing out murderous threats against the church, against the Lord's disciples. And so Paul, in his enthusiasm and his motivation to eradicate people who follow Jesus, right? He went to get permission or letters to the synagogue in Damascus so that if he found anyone who belonged to the way, whether men or women, that he will take them to prison. And so the Bible tells us that Paul headed off for this journey to Damascus with his entourage. And while on this journey, this bright light from heaven flashed around him and he, he fell to the ground and he heard this voice, right? And the voice said to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me, man? And Paul said, who are you, Lord? The voice said, I'm Jesus, that you are persecuted. And then Jesus told him, hey, man, you need to get up and go into the city and when you get to the city, I'll tell you what you must do. Even the guys that were with Paul, his entourage, they were men like speechless. These guys they had a clue what was going on. So then Paul eventually, you know, got led into the uh, Damascus by his entourage. And when he tried to open his eyes, he saw nothing. And the Bible says for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything, right? And so in Damascus, there was this um, follower of Jesus, a disciple. His name was Ananias. And God spoke to Ananias in a vision, right? And he told Ananias that he must go to Judas's home, okay? And when he get there, he need to ask for a man by the name of Saul from Tarsus. Wow. Right? So I want to pick it up right now in verse 17. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus Christ, who appeared to you on the road, as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. And Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. And all of those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on the name of Jesus? And isn't he the one that comes here to take them away as prisoners to the chief priests? 
But yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Wow. You see, Paul, a Pharisee of all Pharisees, had an experience. He met Jesus Christ. He met the real Messiah. Before that, Paul was living a life, so he thought, that he was doing the right thing by killing Christians. He was murdering Christians for God. See, sometimes in our lives, there are things in our lives that keeps us from knowing Christ. What's holding you back from knowing Christ? See, as followers of Christ, we, we are called to live a life of transformation. We, are, we should be growing and becoming more like Christ in our hearts and in our minds. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. You see, Paul had an internal transformation of the heart. Not of the mind, not of intellectual, but the heart. You see, true transformation comes when we meet Jesus. And Paul the Apostle here experienced a true transformation when he met Jesus. And this type of eternal transformation that Paul experienced, it can only be evident based on a close abiding faith in Christ, which is really obtained when you and I have a deep-seated relationship and friendship with Jesus. See, we can't have this abiding relationship and have it with the world and Jesus. It doesn't work. You see, Paul, in order to have this internal transformation, something had to be given up. You know, Paul gave up everything. His family, his friendships, his freedom, his position. Right? In order that he may know Christ and his resurrection, and his power. And so we too, as believers, we have access to this knowledge and this power. We have to give up something. Paul understood what that was. He had to give up his past. We all have a checkered past. We all have a background. What is it that's holding you back from knowing Christ today? 
oftentimes, so many believers, we find ourselves committed to the script, just like Paul. <laughs> In other words, we create this checklist to follow. I'm going to have my time with the Lord today at 5. I'm going to do this in this time. And everything is a checklist as well, organized. And don't get me wrong, we need structure and we need to be able to be disciplined in our relationship. But when we stick to the ladder, when we do things in a way that keeps Christ out of the picture, then we begin to create a religious ideology. You know, we all have traveled that path, haven't we? Yes, we did. And what was the outcome when you traveled that religious path? Nothing was gained. It led to nowhere. In actuality, it leads us to a Pharisaic religious lifestyle just like Paul. Paul taught in his heart and his mind, hey, I'm doing the right thing. I am worshiping God, the father of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac, and Moses, right? He thought he was doing the right thing. But yet, he was killing God's people. He was killing Christians. And he was blinded by his religious teachings and his religiosity and the dogmas that he was taught. Paul was a legalist. And if we don't be careful, we can ultimately become very legalistic in our relationship when it comes to God. You see, when we know Jesus, when we have an encounter with Jesus Christ, he strips all of that away. Paul had to be stripped away from his religious experiences, his, his educational background. And God had to reshape everything and use it now for the glory of the kingdom of God in the right way. You see, once Paul encountered the risen Christ, his heart changed. The unmerited favor of God's grace actually led Paul to a place that says, I want to know Christ, he says, and the power of his resurrection. He wanted to identify with Christ and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul understood that idea of sweet fellowship. He wanted to identify with Christ's suffering. That's some very difficult language. Paul asked for that. That's why Paul's life was so hard. Because when you make a decision to follow Jesus, there's so much that you have to give up and deny yourself. That you will, it will cost you something. It will cost you something. You see, and once Paul encountered the risen Christ, his heart changed. So what's holding you back from knowing Christ? What's holding you back from knowing Christ? You know, there's always something that 
hold us back. Paul didn't want to be connected with his back his his background anymore, his past. He just wanted to please Christ. And that's all that mattered. See, when we are united with Christ, brothers and sisters, okay, by trusting Him, we begin to experience the power that raised Him from the dead. That same mighty power <laughs> will help us live morally renewed and regenerated lives. That's what Paul experienced. Paul experienced a renewed and generated life in Christ. We got to be honest with ourselves. So the honest question is, do we, do I want to know Christ? In this way that Paul speaks about. And I believe that's what Christ wants for all of us. To know him intimately in a deep abiding way. Or do we want to merely be a regular church goer? You know? Or do we want to be committed to the things of God? You see, I believe that Paul understood that for him to have this deep, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, he had to deny himself whereby die into self. So in other words, in order for us to have this relationship, this deep relationship, this deep fellowship of sharing with Christ and his sufferers in some way, we have to deny ourselves. We got to die to ourselves. And that's what Paul did. Paul died to self. And it was daily. It just wasn't uh, there on the road to Damascus, Paul continually died to himself over and over. Why? Because when we are united with Christ, by trusting in him, we begin to experience the power that raised him from the dead. And that same power, that mighty power, will help us live morally renewed and regenerated lives. But before you and I can walk in that newness of life, we must also die to sin, just as the resurrection gives us Christ's power. And see, this is what Paul was trying to explain here in the passage. He wanted to have this relationship with Jesus Christ. He wanted to know him intimately. It's almost like a husband and a wife relationship. How the husband and wife are intimate. You can't get no more intimate than that. Being a husband and wife relationship. Not that Paul was talking about anything explicit. He... he his whole desire, his whole being, he just wanted to be immersed in knowing Christ. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, Paul says. But he had to deny himself. And we also have to deny ourselves. 
See, Paul became like Christ in his death. This life, hear me now, this life is found only when we come to the cross. Let me say that again. This life that Paul is speaking about is only found when we come to the cross of Jesus Christ. That is where it is found. Everything is wrapped up in the cross. That life that will regenerate us and cause us to experience that power, that transformational power. So is there anything in your life that you can think of right now or recall that is calling you to turn from what you're doing? Are you interested in going deeper in your relationship with Christ? I believe you are. I believe all of us are. I believe that when we taste the beautiful things of Christ, we want more of it and we can't get enough. And this is what Paul is saying. He said, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. I want to become like him in his death, Paul says. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Is there anything in your life that you can think of that is keeping you? from wanting to live this way or wanting to know Christ. Where do you stand now in your life? Are you walking in a deep abiding faith? Are you wandering in your faith right now? Or perhaps you don't really know this Christ that Paul talks about. Perhaps you're seeking Perhaps you want to know more about Christ. Well, you can find him. If that is you tonight, you can open the Bible and you can start reading. A good place to begin would be the book of John, the Gospels of John. And there you will find the beautiful story of Jesus. He's waiting for you. So whatever stage you find yourself at this moment, I want you to know that Christ wants to get to know you intimately. So go ahead. Reach out to him today. Take that step of faith and seek repentance this hour. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. This concludes our second podcast. I want to know Christ.